1: six o'clock by my watch means it's time for the one and only big six in the rain i'm not in the rain you're probably in the rain sometimes my job's a little bit better than others my name is jason martin i'm on twitter at jmartzone. the telephone number to reach us tonight is 615-737-1045 at 737-1045 i would say i say this every night but i often forget or maybe not often but some of the time i forget But I am blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. I hope you recognize that you are as well. Hope this finds you and your family and your loved ones doing really, really well as February continues to roll along. Mine's going fantastically. My Twitter DMs at jmartzone are always wide open for faith-based conversations. And again, hope everything is going good in your world. This is the last time I'm going to be on this show for, I don't know, until a week from tomorrow. As I'm headed to Florida for Valentine's holiday with my wife. We're coming back on Monday. And then Tuesday through Friday, you can hear me here on the zone on Fox Sports Radio as I'm in for Clay Travis on Outkick the Coverage Tuesday through Friday. And then Thursday, I will pop in and host the Big Six. We'll have a couple of other people in my chair uh, next week as well. So that means there's a lot to get to, as there usually is. We will, I don't know how people felt about Word Up. There were some good comments that came. I didn't really get anything negative. So we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep trying to do a vocabulary word at the end of each show and try to tie it into sports in some way as well. But we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along. I want to talk a little bit about Antonio Brown's Instagram post. And then I want to talk about Tua Viloa. But the AB story is interesting to me, and... I told you a few weeks ago that I was not going to be part of the chorus any longer that even came across like this was funny or we were rooting for him to fail or he was reaping what he sowed or anything like that. I don't think that's helpful. I think at this point, Antonio Brown has proven he could, you know, he needs a little bit of help. But here's what he posted on Instagram. And this was very interesting. Quote, mostly you. A little bit of me, ye ye. I never realized how good I had it. Got caught up in my emotion with everyone coming after me. I really apologize for my actions. Sincerely, man. It's never been another connection like what we've done in the past decade. I appreciate you. Sincerely, A B. The photo above this, couple sentences from A B, is a shot of Ben Roethlisberger kind of tapping Antonio Brown on the back of the helmet with a big smile on his face. Presumably after a big gain or maybe a touchdown, it's a celebration of some kind. It's the two of them having fun. It's quarterback and wide receiver on the same page. And again, he writes, mostly you, a little bit of me. Yee-yee. I never realized how good I had it. Got caught up in my emotion with everyone coming after me. I really apologize for my actions sincerely, man. It's never been another connection like what we've done in the past decade. I appreciate you. Sincerely, A.B. One thing I will say is, when A.B. first got himself out of Pittsburgh, I said he's going to realize how nice it was to have Ben Roethlisberger and some of the other things that were around him once he gets out to Oakland. And I don't read this as him taking any kind of a shot at Derek Carr, even though you could certainly take it that way. And I don't really want to talk about, yep, we told you so. I want to look at one line in this and try to apply it a little bit deeper than just the Antonio Brown story, which I'm now in the process of rooting for AB. I have no, it doesn't matter to me whether whether he ever plays football again. I just want to see him find some level of happiness and contentment somewhere and just get a hold on things. And this is a positive step, hopefully. But the, the statement that rings true is, I never realized how good I had it. And it got me to thinking, how often in our lives, we don't stop and realize what we have. We are constantly, I mean 24-7, 365, inundated with messaging Telling us what we don't have and what we need in order to find, I don't know, happiness, contentment, joy, all of those things. Rest, relaxation, everything that you want. My email box, I don't know about you, but my email box is full of emails from companies that I've bought things from. Offer me sales and discounts and codes and all this. What I have in red is now available in blue. I've got to have it in blue because all I've got is it in red. Not stopping to realize I have it in red. And who cares? We sometimes don't realize what we have. And we sometimes look to what's new rather than Stopping and realizing what we're going to lose in the process—a really just, just baseline example would be something like: so Coke released this cinnamon flavor back during the Christmas holiday. I don't even know if it's still around. There were billboards around Nashville. I saw them, and we see billboards, and we don't think, that, and we realize. Well, you should, sometimes we realize why billboards are out there and why companies are paying over three grand, for example to have their company up there because we do see it. We do pay attention to it. I don't know how many times I've almost gone to the skirmerhorn to see Harry Potter or Home Alone or Star Wars performed by the symphony or something like that. So these things work. But but the cinnamon Coke example, I saw that and I had to have it. And I was like, I hope there's a zero sugar version. There's not. There was in Europe. But I thought, hmm, cinnamon and Coke... That's probably pretty good. So I went to like four or five grocery stores. You may think I'm insane for this, but sometimes I just get something in my head and I've got to try and find it. I didn't realize that they didn't have zero sugar. I wouldn't have bothered. But I also only saw like 12 packs. I couldn't just get a single just to try it, maybe split it with my wife. Couldn't find it, but I was just, I was so forlorn. Then it was like, well, I guess I'm just going to get a diet Coke then. Like, Somehow, this drink that I've had for years and years wasn't going to be good anymore because there's a new one out there. If you read the reviews of Cinnamon Coke, I don't know, maybe you liked it, but from what I read, it was terrible. It was terribly received, and people just wanted the old taste back. It was just like when new Coke came around and did not work, and everybody wanted Coca-Cola Classic again. With me, I've told my wife, I've instructed her, basically, when I see a new sugar-free syrup that I want to add to a coffee drink, stop me. Because one out of every 30 of them are actually good. 29 of them taste like either dimatap or some kind of pharmaceutical product. Just stick with the coffee. I know how that's going to taste, at least to some degree. We don't appreciate it. Think about like Tom Petty and Neil Young and some of these people that did not want their music streamed, didn't want it to be available through streaming services because the quality was nowhere near as good as a vinyl or even a CD because they would compress these files down to put them on your Spotify's or your Apple Musics or whatever, and you would pay your $9.99. You wouldn't get the cover art, of course. You wouldn't get the liner notes and things of that nature, but you also would get music that didn't sound as good. All of us remember the days when Napster first started and the MP3 was like a 128 and you were just like, this is probably not going to sound very good. It sounds like water is actually flowing through the music. You've got this (laughs) sound underneath the drums. That's not how it was intended. That's why a lot of bands now are asking, please buy vinyl, please buy the vinyl and listen to it with good headphones so you can hear the music as I intended you to hear it, as we intended for you to hear it. Yes, it's gotten easier to consume music. It's gotten easier to pay and have a full library. But we didn't realize what we were giving up in terms of quality. We were giving up something we couldn't get back. And sometimes we don't realize what we have until it's actually gone. So what Antonio Brown, I think, has come to the realization of is that he gave up Coke Classic. That he gave up a vinyl record. That he gave up something known for the unknown new. And I don't know about you, but I've made a whole lot of, my, a lot of mistakes in my life by branching out for the unknown new. And, you know, if it's a drink, it's a drink. And if you go to a restaurant, yeah, you should vary it up and try out the menu. I get all that. But very, very often in life, what we already have, we never appreciate. You can't wait. I can't wait to move out of my house. I can't wait. The closets are too small. I don't want stairs. I need a bigger garage. I need a bigger yard, all of these things. So you can't wait to move out of the house. So you move out of the house. You don't fully think it through. You find something bigger and better and you move your family into it, right? Then you get there and you've got to maintain it. And then you realize the other thing that you left behind in that house and that's memories. You left your son's first Christmas in that house. You left all sorts of experiences there. You left neighbors that you knew Mr. and Mrs. Roberts next door who your kids trick or treated with for years. Who would give lemonade to your son on a hot day when you guys were outside doing yard work. You know, all sorts of there's all sorts of things that you can't quantify. And you move and yeah, you're going to have new memories if you allow yourself to. But a lot of times we find ourselves reminiscing. Why does nostalgia work? It works because We look at the past so much more favorably once we get away from it. This happens in virtually every presidential administration. As you get further away from his time in office, we look at him differently, whether it's Bill Clinton or George W. Bush, who for a long time was the enemy of all enemies, and now he was just a nice man. There's always going to be political types on all sides of the aisle, but you're view more favorably as time moves on. Everything is. And sometimes we trick ourselves into believing it was better than it actually was. But many times, it actually was. Another example would be, I don't know if it was my great-grandmother or my grandmother that had this old Singer sewing machine that I believe is still in my parents' house today. This was like one of the old steel joints. It was one big piece. It was wood. It actually folded down or it kind of spun inside of itself, and it was like a table. It weighed like 8 trillion pounds. But that thing still does its job. You can go buy a sewing machine now. I have no idea. I haven't priced them ever, so I don't know how much they cost, but I guarantee you it's not going to work in a century. Old craftsmanship. Things come back into style. Vintage comes back because we remember it. It appeals to a a simpler and usually we consider a better time. So Antonio Brown had an all-world Hall of Fame quarterback and he got his way and he got his way out of town and it went to Oakland. It wasn't what he thought it was going to be and it usually never is. When Kevin Durant... Left Oklahoma City to go to Golden State. He won championships, but that certainly didn't make him happy. Look at him. Listen to him. Because it was Steph Curry's team. KD wasn't getting the credit. He was just getting the you gravy trained them. They didn't need you. And that may actually not be true. I think they probably did need him. But that was the knock on the legacy. He couldn't wait to get out of Oklahoma City, but was it better for him in Golden State? Was he happier there? I don't know that he was. He might not have wanted to play around Westbrook anymore, but I don't think it worked out as well for him in Golden State as he thought it was going to, so now he goes to Brooklyn because he wants to play with his close friend Kyrie Irving, and he hopes that that's going to work. He is chasing, and I've talked about this, and this is a larger theme that has hit this show on a number of different occasions. He is chasing happiness. Antonio Brown is chasing happiness. That's what we've watched over the past couple of years, is him try to find this thing that is totally empty, and he can't find it anywhere, and he doesn't understand, so he places blame all over the place, and he's petulant. He's all over the place. He's a mess. And I think there's a lesson to be learned from him saying, I never realized how good I had it. That maybe, starting with me, if we could just say that to ourselves before we make the rash decision or before we write off the present in favor of an unknown future, at least we could stop long enough to think, you know what, I've got a beautiful wife and we've got a lovely house and there's really not anything I need. Now, there might be some stuff that I want. There always is going to be. But there might not be anything that I need. And Antonio Brown's like, you know, I've got Ben Roethlisberger, and I've got Juju Smith-Schuster and all these talented players around me. And at the time, I had Le'Veon Bell. And I've got a Super Bowl-winning coach and a classy, classy man in Mike Tomlin. What do I need? And if there's one thing about the Antonio Brown post that I want to finish with here, it is... I wish this was not an apology in public. The one thing that I want Antonio Brown to find is happiness, and I don't think he's going to find it at the same place where he found unhappiness. Social media, becoming addicted to it, becoming addicted to seeing his own name and his own likeness and his own words and his videos and all the attention that it drew was the worst thing that could have happened to him. If he could have done this behind closed doors and maybe just placed a phone call to Ben Roethlisberger or just worked this out in his own mind, we don't need to see the advertised apology. We don't need to see the advertised better Antonio Brown. Him sitting down with Josina Anderson and then the Instagram post and all this, it's still all in public. And I think that just feeds the side of AB that he probably needs to find a way to get away from. So that's the one thing. I think that a lot of what he's saying here is good. He's certainly still got a lot of issues, and I don't know that putting those out in public is the best way for him to find the kind of personal just restoration that's out there for him if he did it in another way. Just a thought. But again, I never realized how good I had it. I hope that we can all start to realize how good we have it before we lose it. 615-737-1045. Jamie, I'll get to your call when we come back. It's a big six on 104.5 The Zone. So... Welcome back. Rainy, stormy Wednesday night here in the Music City. Big six here on 104.5 The Zone brought to you by Renters Warehouse. They're dedicated to helping homeowners benefit from the rental boom by renting their homes the easy way. Renters Warehouse, you can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Said I would get to this phone call as soon as we got back. If you want to join us, by the way, 615-737-1045. Jamie in Whitehouse joins us first here this evening. Jamie, what's up?
2: So much, guys. Hey, Jay, uh, love listening to you. And normally, I I agree with you 100%. And when I first called in, I was not agreeing with you. And as you talked more and more, I completely understand that, you know, a lot of us have the mentality of that we don't know what it's, you know, what we got until it's gone type of uh, thing in, in all of our lives. But still, that tweet started off with mostly you. It still started off with him blaming Ben Roethlisberger, he said mostly you. Wait, 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 one. wait! I got
1: to cut you off because I don't. That's not how I read it. I read it mostly you, a little bit of me. As in, you were more the success than I was. I read it totally differently. I thought I, I thought the photo showing Roethlisberger patting his helmet, mostly you, a little bit of me, was AB saying, "Hey, this was more you than it was me." Not in terms of the. Kerfluffle in the situation but the success that those guys had realizing how valuable and good roethlisberger was as a quarterback maybe i'm too optimistic but that's how i read it
2: what what does he say right after that mostly you a little bit of me what
1: yee yee and then he said i never realized how good i had it which indicates to me he realizes how good a football player ben roethlisberger was how great a quarterback he was and at one point that was his best friend on the team that's antonio brown's words from from years right. ago, so I and read it, it. I read it differently than you did
2: oh God, well no and then, you know what and i I would totally do it about faith and tell you that does make a lot more sense to go along with the apology i'm a Steelers fan, became a Steelers fan I, I'm a national native, I became a Steelers fan in seventy eight because my brother was a cowboys fan, so it forced me to like the team that was playing against them you know in the super Bowl sure uh, so so I remember the day that that when all this stuff started on the sidelines and I told a lot of my friends, I said, "Ab won't be here next year. And they all thought I was an idiot. And then we just watched this demise and, uh, and, and it's, it's been a train wreck. And as a fan, you, I mean, I really love the guy. I loved what they did. And I just, I just hate the fact that all of that stuff come up with him and Bell just not being happy because it really tore apart a team that I thought was going to be a team for at least the next three years that would cause that offense was just explosive. Um, and for them to sit back and blame Ben for a lot of different things and, and, and for Ben to play the way that he has played o- over his career, I thought that was really unfair. But if that's a real apology, I'm happy about it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like you. A phone call between brothers, you know, between friends, between teammates goes a lot further than it being glamorized through social media or in an interview. Thanks a lot, Jay.
1: Appreciate it. Yeah, I I mean, it's possible I'm wrong, but I read it that way, and I think that that is, I think that's accurate. I think this was all gratitude towards Ben Roethlisberger. This was a mea culpa. And look, Antonio Brown, again, the only thing that I don't like is this being done in a public forum. But here's the thing, and I said this about the XFL, and it was asked of me, how are you supposed to do this? Well, it seems like they're doing it about the best way that you can do it, meaning the XFL. I still don't believe that it will work, but I don't think that they're getting this wrong. I don't think they're making missteps if they're trying. If they're going to try, then they have to do it some way. I don't think Antonio Look, Antonio Brown has now publicly apologized to the Steelers, to the Hollywood Florida Police Department, and to the National Football League, and now to Ben Roethlisberger. It's a publicity, it's an apology tour, though, and I just, I wish we didn't even know about it. Because here's the thing. I feel like if he had apologized to Ben Roethlisberger privately, Ben Roethlisberger would have told us about it. And it coming from him instead of Antonio Brown, it might have had more weight. Because it wouldn't have felt like an advertisement. And again, I'm not speaking to that being the only motive why this happened. I'm just saying that sometimes it's better to handle things in the background and let those things find their way into our consciousness naturally. Make it your aim to live a quiet life, to mind your own business, to earn your own living, just as we told you before. That's from a pretty important book. And Antonio Brown doing it in public just... You can easily try to ascribe the wrong kind of motives to it. I know we've had a couple of calls come in. Uh, You can call us back if you want to at 615 737 1045. That's 737 1045. But again, I don't know how you are supposed to do this. Like, if you, I don't know how, whatever Antonio Brown feels like he needs to do. The only thing that I did not like that he said was this. And this is, I think, another potential lesson. I'm certainly one that needs to take this. I think I've gotten a little better at it, maybe. But he wrote, the media will run with it, so even if I'm not guilty, i already guilty because they already wrote it, put it on TV, and put that in people's minds. So for me to have to sit here and hear those allegations of me is just unfair to me every time. And this being the, the more serious stuff that he was associated with. One thing I will tell Antonio Brown that I need to tell me when I go on Twitter and react where I see something negative towards me and it immediately means more than the hundred nice things that a lot of you have said, is this. So for me to have to sit here and hear those allegations of me is just unfair to me every time, then stop listening. You know the coverage is not going to be very good right now. It's time to put on earmuffs. It's one thing I agreed with with Mitch Trubisky. When he said, why do we have all these TVs on? Listen to them tell us how bad we are right now in the Bears facility. Let's turn the televisions off so we aren't hearing this. Let's just put our heads down and work. You can't shut out all criticism, but when you know it's going to be negative, then it shouldn't even affect you anymore. These are bad allegations. I get it. And if he hasn't done it, then you want to, you want to get on top of a mountaintop, the biggest one you can with the largest megaphone you can, and you want to say, please believe me. I get that. But I still feel like, or I fear, that A.B. is still watching everything people say about him, and he can't do that. Kevin Durant is another example of somebody that can't seem to not do that. There are a lot of athletes that have millions of Twitter followers that should just hand their social media over to someone else to tweet for them and to tweet about whatever you know they're endorsing, but not really say anything else. I get that you want to you know, be one-on-one with some of your fans, and I get all of that, but there's no real benefit to it. And especially for somebody like A.B. at this point, the more he does that we don't know about, the better. And I'm not talking about the nefarious stuff. I'm saying all this redemption and all this kind of stuff and going to these people and trying to better yourself, I applaud that with every fiber, and I'm rooting for it all to be true. No question about that. The best way, I think, to approach that is for us not to know anything about it until it's done, and then you hear story after story after story after story from multiple people that he has tried to write whatever he believes he wronged or whatever they believe that he wronged. Those stories will come out. That always happens. And how effective and meaningful it is when someone else says something nice about you as opposed to you saying something nice about yourself. Or putting yourself out there like, hey, look at me. I'm doing this thing. Aim to live a quiet life. Mind your own business and earn your own living just as we told you before. That's the only concerning thing here on the AB spectrum. Matt in Nashville up next. Matt, what's up?
2: Hey, Jamar. I hope you're having a blessed night.
1: I am. I hope you are, too.
2: I am. Um, So, obviously, we've dived in, or you dived in pretty deeply to talking about what he needs to do in his personal life. Um, And, obviously, he needs to come to grips with what he's done and the things around him. Uh, Speaking as a fan, if you're a fan of, say, the Titans, and uh, this is assuming he gets some of his legal and his personal mental health issues under control, What would you need to see from the team before you would be comfortable with them bringing AB in? Or would you just not think of that as an option? Uh, Thanks.
1: All right. I know we're over. I wanted to get that so you didn't have to wait through the break. I know we lost another caller. I apologize for that. Sometimes I'm a little long-winded. So we're going to get to the break. When we come back, I will address that very question. 615-737-1045. We'll be right back here on 104.5 The Zone. So. Back to the Big Six here on 1045 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at JMartZone. 615 737 1045. Here's a question for you that you can call me and answer. Would you take Tua over Joe Burrow if you were the Cincinnati Bengals? I know that sounds crazy, or at least it does to me, but that's become this week's big deal here. You've got national hosts out here saying you would take Tua over Burrow, that Tua should be the number one pick. This and that. And it all comes because there was a good diagnosis. There was a good update. Three month health checkup. Huge success. Ian Rappaport, who of course you're here on three HL, does a great job at Rapsheet. The 3-month CT scan for Bama quarterback and coveted draft prospect Tuatonga Viloa was as possible, was as positive as possible, I should say. The fracture has healed. The hip and its range of motion is good. It'll likely be another month before he's cleared for football activities though, as expected. Here's one thing I look at, it's just like this him being healthy right now doesn't change how I feel about the risks involved in drafting Tuatongo Vailoa. I get that you have to do it if you're one of those teams. I get that it's a risk probably worth taking. But I feel like this is Marcus Mariota 2.0 in terms of someone that his body has already broken down on him in consecutive seasons in college. Yes, the SEC is filled with NFL like players but he had an awesome offensive line at Alabama both years when he got hurt last year and, of course, when he got hurt this past season. Wherever he goes in the league, if he goes early, he's probably going to a team that's not going to be able to protect him at all. So you are hoping that Tuatongo tongo is all of a sudden going to be 100%. In terms of talent... Unbelievable. His vision is incredible. His deep ball is incredible. His accuracy is incredible. He's got a Russell Wilson-like deep ball in him. He's got insane vision. He's great. But if he's not on the field, I'm better than he is on the field because I could actually throw, like physically capable of doing so. Just because his hip, I mean, people do get better, right? Like when you catch the flu, at least in this country, you go to the doctor, the doctor prescribes something, and the flu goes away. Or in some cases, you have to wait for it to just kind of work its way out. Sometimes there's not necessarily a medicine that fixes it, but over time it gets better. Things heal. I never thought that the hip was going to keep Tua Viloa from ever playing football again. The fact that he's doing well is good, but what does that have to do with how many injuries he has sustained to this point. Joe Burrow, I don't know if it just becomes trendy now to kind of downgrade him a little bit, but what has changed here? Is all of a sudden what was true before about what he did at OSU not true? Is Joe Brady getting all the credit now? Tua was not in front of Burrow when the two were both healthy this year. As to how people were seeing him. Yeah, at one point it was Tua versus Trevor Lawrence. And then Joe Burrow just kind of woke up and started wowing people. And making those Patrick Mahomes Aaron Rodgers throws as he's going out of bounds. In key games. Showing touch and power with his ball that, that we didn't expect, quite frankly. But if you draft Tua, he's already had a hip. He's already had problems with his legs. I would hope that we get to watch Tua in the league for 15 years because I think he's got that kind of talent. But I still see there's a risk, and I think it's insanity that you would take him over Joe Burrow right now. And they're talking about he's going to wow people with the combine in a couple weeks. We already know how good he is. But how much of a risk are you really willing to take when Joe Burrow is another option? Only the Bengals could get this wrong. Let's go to Todd real quick before we get to break. Todd, what's up?
0: Hey Jay Martin, uh, I definitely would take Burrow over two us. and like you just said, the comment you just made, not only the Bengals can screw this up, but they will. I'm a diehard Steeler fan. I dread Burrow coming, but I'd like to know the true definition of a long ball. Did you see some of the throws that Burrow made on the run in that national championship game was on the money? What is the true definition of a long ball? Yeah. Well, so, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm talking about more of the Russell Wilson brand. I also talked about those throws he was making on the run right before he went out of bounds. I see those those as more Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes-like, which, of course, if I'm comparing somebody to Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, I probably think they're pretty good at football.
0: Right. And I know you're up against the break, but the A-B situation, Yes. A-B and come back to the Steelers, but it's going to be at a cost for A.B., not at a cost for the Steelers. You know, you can apologize to the cows come home and me being a Dollar Steelers fan and my son loving A.B. and hating A.B. in the same year. is We both would love and welcome him back, but it's going to have to be a cost to him, and he's going to have to continue to do what he's doing, if it's sincere or not. We'll all know if it's sincere in the long run. But, hey, thanks for my call. Mark you rock go Steelers go
1: Kobe go Lakers go Tennessee let's do it all all right Todd Todd fired up on a Wednesday night I like it the AB thing I, I I can't care anymore whether or not he plays football I don't know how many chances you're supposed to get the only thing I'm caring about is just that Antonio Brown is able to be the best version of Antonio Brown that he can be And I don't know if football is the best place for him at this stage, but I also fear what happens if football is actually taken from him permanently. That's that's why this being behind closed doors instead of in front of us, like it's just him trying to get back into the league, or at least that could be one of the narratives that you spin should you want to go that direction. That worries me a little. I just want to see Antonio Brown kind of find himself and to – and the way I should say it is I want to hear about it from somebody else because if I see it, then skepticism can take over and cynicism can take over because it's a scourge and it's just kind of all over the place. I just kind of – I don't care whether he plays football again. I just want Antonio Brown to be okay, and I'm rooting for him. And if he ends up back on a football field and he's okay, then that is awesome. Six one five seven three seven. We're going to try word up again when we come back. Stick around here on 104.5 The Zone. Final segment of the program here. Big six on 104.5 The Zone. Appreciate you joining me. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. We're brought to you by renter's warehouse. They're dedicated to making renting your home easy, fast, and worry-free. Renter's warehouse. You can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. This is it for me, at least for this week and much of next week on this program. A reminder, just a programming note. I know the, the gals... Brittany and Avery will be in next week, at least one day here during this slot. And they're going to do an awesome job. If you haven't checked out Step 1 Learn Sports, you're missing out. That podcast is available at 104.5zone.com. Look at the podcast link. You can get Will Bowling and his 30 shows, all of which are very good. I don't know how he has the time or the energy to do as much as he's doing, but he's unbelievable. And we'll have some other people in here as well. I'm headed to Florida for the Valentine's holiday with my wife and But next week, I will be in for Clay Travis Tuesday through Friday. So you can hear me in the mornings before the wake-up zone. And I will be in on this program next Thursday for one day. And then, of course, the week after, we'll be back to business. I've mentioned in the past that we have a situation where people are... Well, you know what? I'm going to save that one. I'll save that one. We'll do that one next week. Target. Have you seen this story about the onesie? Target's a big company. Everybody is entitled to make mistakes. I was watching ESPN earlier today, and they were putting a graphic on the screen, and it was one of the deals where you see the studio, and then you see a big screen in the studio, and it's next on SportsCenter, and it said NFC Eat Preview. Somehow they left out the S, that would have made that NFC East preview. It can happen to anybody, regardless of money. We can all make mistakes. But this is a pretty big mistake. Target put out a onesie in the state of Minnesota for the biggest school in that state, the one that matters the most, the Big Ten school. And it was an awesome onesie that said, Minnesota Badgers. Whoops. Whoops. That's Wisconsin. Minnesota are the Golden Gophers. Folks, Target is headquartered in Minnesota. The company is headquartered in that state, and that's the state where they got the top university's mascot wrong and went with someone else from the same conference and got those two things mixed up. Just a reminder that we are always just this far away from a ridiculous error, a bad mistake. Potato with an E, Dan Quayle. I found this funny. They apologized. They took it off the shelves. Two of them were sold. The rest of them were pulled. And I don't think that too many people were that upset about it. There were a few people miffed. I would have been one of the two, or I would have tried to have been the third that bought one. Maybe I wouldn't have. At this day and age, maybe I'm smart enough to keep the wallet in and just pull out the phone and take a photo of it. But you can see the photo online. It's a onesie, and the shot almost looks like it's a hoodie, but I assume it's like a onesie for a kid, and it says Minnesota Badgers. That, ladies and gentlemen, is fantastic. If Target was headquartered anywhere else, it would still be a bad mistake. But the fact that they are headquartered in the state of Minnesota, one of the largest employers in the state, Target, this huge company, gets the in state Big Ten schools mascot wrong on merchandise being sold in their stores. Sometimes reality is better than fiction because I'd have never come up with that story, but I read that and it just made me chuckle. And it's just again another reminder, Pobody's nerfic. So I started this deal. I said we had been talking about doing this for like six months. I come up with the idea. I was like, we'll see if it works. And then we never actually started it. And I realized I could just start it whenever I wanted. I had Rhett do the voicing for it. And I had an intro, but I never put the music underneath it. But we started it on Monday's program. And I'm calling it Word Up. And I feel like social media has taken us away from words, away from language. We talk in shorthand. We use abbreviations. We use emojis. We're not good anymore at like writing real words. We don't seem to care that much about language anymore. And I thought, you know, so many avenues ask us to word down. What if we went the opposite way on this show and we kind of learn together? Because I'm going to go try to find words at times that I don't know at all. And we can all just kind of word up together. Yeah, it might be corny, but. The first word was juxtaposition, and I realized that I need to spell these words out. J-U-X-T-A-P-O-S-I-T-I-O-N. Tonight's word, petulant, P-E-T-U-L-A-N-T, defined as basically childishly ill-tempered, grumpy, irritable in a very immature fashion, complaining often accompanies it. And then I want to give you examples of this, and we'll do it with a sports example, and sometimes we'll do it with a bunch of different examples. But Miles Garrett got reinstated today, missed six games to end the season following the helmet incident with Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph back on Thursday Night Football. We remember that story. He was acting like a petulant child that day. You hear a petulant child a lot, and I imagine most of you know what it means, but I think these segments will be good for the the children as well, if you've got somebody in the car, you're bringing them home from school or whatever like that. Maybe this is a segment you can listen to every night, just to try and up our vocabulary game just a little bit, at least with this audience. But one day of petulance for Miles Garrett. How about Baker Mayfield, his teammate? He was a pit. He was petulant all last season. We talked about Antonio Brown. Not getting my jollies off of that anymore, not being part of that chorus, but he was definitely petulant. He was petulant to get out of Pittsburgh and all that he did, the video in Oakland and everything else. He had a very petulant streak going that I think he is trying his best to break right now. Or how about another more dated example from the world of tennis? John McEnroe on a tennis court was the very definition of petulant in how he acted. Petulant. Childishly irritable. Grumpy, selfish, ill-tempered. That is tonight's word up. Petulant, P-E-T-U-L-A-N-T. Michaels and Mueller coming up next. Live and local sticking around, so you should stick around. I will talk to you next week. I'm off to Florida. You guys have a great Valentine's Day weekend. We will... We've got a basketball game in the place tomorrow night that you want to check out, and then again, there'll be some guest hosts that are going to do a fantastic job. I'll talk to you on kick to Coverage on Tuesday morning. Until then, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless, and good night from the Music City.